Hi listeners, this is Rob Whitman, host of the 80,000 Hours podcast, welcoming you to a new series on 80K After Hours, in which three people on the team here and one guest of theirs get together to share their personal opinions about their work, uh, themselves, and I guess whatever happens to be on their mind on the day of recording. If you're looking for well-thought-out career advice, carefully communicated, I think you've come to the wrong place. But uh, if you're interested to get a glimpse into what the people behind 80,000 Hours are like and hear some banter about our favorite topics with speculation being very much encouraged, then this is probably for you. Thanks to Matt Reardon from our one-on-one advising team for getting all of this off the ground, and uh, I'll let him take it from here. Hi, listeners, and welcome to an as-yet-unnamed podcast product Perhaps from 80,000 hours, we will see what my bosses think of that. Um, The premise of the show is that three non-podcast employees from 80,000 hours, in this case, myself, Matt Reardon from One on One, Bella Forrestal, our head of marketing, and Cody Fenwick, a writer on our team, meet up with someone who we think is doing good work in the world, uh, yet might not be quite at the level of Rob Wiblin's uh, guests. Uh, (laughs) Wow. <laughs> hey, you think Hannah couldn't get the podcast invite if she wanted? Well, her name is Hannah Messenger, and she works with the community health team at the Center for Effective Altruism. Hannah, do you think that you could get on Rob's podcast? Ooh, great question. Uh, no. I think we can all I think we can all just like admit what's true in the room here, which is like absolutely not. And that's fine. And, and why not? Um, hmm. Okay. One I think the 80,000 Hours podcast has always sort of been, what if we interviewed people who aren't just EAs for EAs, but are doing like work in the world? And my, okay, there's this, there's this really useful definition of EA meta work that I quite like, which is, would your job make sense if the EA community did not exist? Ooh. Like, I think most of your jobs would continue to make sense because right. you would still think that people should do impactful careers of a variety of types. But like, there is no my job without EA community, or at least yeah. much less of my job. My job is like, what is going on in the EA community? Are there problems? Are there like people or organizations that are doing things that are like of concern that they should either get feedback on or be asked to stop or like in some cases be asked to leave? Um, And like the kind of concept of like there being a sort of community where there's some kind of fence and it's like kind of clear who's in or who's out with lots of like fuzziness in between, I think is like pretty central to that. Does this does this mean I'm not doing metal? Was that an ambush? (laughs) <laughs> that was so what wow do better you thought that, I feel, you thought that was a softball i feel deeply unambushed so, so hannah thank you for telling us and our listeners what you do what do your parents think you do oh nice nice <laughs> okay i have such bad news for this ambush my dad is my dad has read the precipice and what we owe the future oh, no. and many parts of the sequences you know why because he's a fucking boss um <laughs> Hell and yeah. he's listened to me talk about eliezer and this weird ai shit for 10 years and he noticed me be right just like a few too many times also the covid being right thing which i think like lots of ea's experience where like you were right before your family and then your family was like oh you're a genius totally happened to me and that was like that was great uh so my parents actually do understand what i do my grandma like was giving me advice about like the whole she like read some stuff about Caroline Ellison and SBF and she's like I know dynamics like that like I've been in politics I've seen shit like that go down I have some advice for you and I'm like cool grandma you're awesome whoa your grandma's so cool my grandma is so cool Wait, my... what was her advice I mean in general she was like this was after to be clear oh my god if she had <laughs> before I would have been like queen of all that exists and I already kind of think that about her but like yeah. even more so um but afterwards she was like no no I really do so do this and I think like the best thing she said was like 
that she could have seen a younger version of herself also get sucked in. That it's not like some weird thing that only happens to some people, like lots of smart, thoughtful women yeah. that she has seen, like get kind of sucked into like a sort of man's like orbit of weirdness. Weirdness. Yeah, absolutely. Bella, you were going to say something about... Oh, I was going to say my maternal granddad just got AIX risk pilled. Nice. Amazing. Um, it's like quite funny because he's like, just a generally strange and like crotchety old man who like hates everyone and everything but he's like no i really think that potentially within my own lifetime Whoa. like we are all gonna die from uh... well so this is like a pretty normal thought like since like well he, he, he no he read benjamin's problem profile oh yeah like he read our website and he oh was like God. i'm convinced wait did he read it because benjamin is your partner and this was like no. him doing due diligence no on... it was that my mom <laughs> I think she was reading what we are the future and what i meant is like being nice and like taking an interest in your boyfriend's interest and what i said was due diligence but i think they both apply <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think he needs any due diligence because he's jewish so he's happy <laughs> that's that's good enough benjamin's jewish so your maternal grandfather is happy yes. yeah great got it sure um no uh he's jewish so he's happy is otherwise not a sentence that this amazing joke that I really like, which is the two Gentile businessmen um, like meet each other in the street. Uh -huh. um, and one of them says like, hey, uh, there's like something important and interesting happening in our like shared business. Do you mm -hmm. want to come over? And the one guy says like, oh, well, I was going to have dinner with my mom, but I'll just call her and cancel and it'll be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, you were saying. Great. No. Um... I was uh, there's there's not that much more at the end. He's he's weird. He's very convinced that we're all gonna die. Um, and I, that's actually not the conclusion, Benjamin. No, I know. Yeah, I know. But he, I guess he's just pretty pessimistic as a as a kind of guy. So, yeah, yeah. I know the type. I'm curious what you thought like might be the possible answers to the question of like what do my parents think I do? Well, like like all my questions, this was just a form of projection. Um, right, right, right. So, what do your parents think you do? <laughs> Yeah, what do they think I do? So they, they struggle with the name of the organization, for one thing. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's not their fault. <laughs> I but feel like... They know the 80,000 is in there. They just don't There's realize so what many zeros. To. The order of magnitude is so hard to get right. But they, they aren't reading this. They're, they're hearing it from me. Fine. I work at a place called 80,000 Hours. Fine. I advise people on sure. like, you know, how they should think about their careers in light of doing impact in the world. Um, yeah, and, and what, do they, what do they remember from that three weeks later? Like, oh, yeah, he works at some British thing, 80,000. <laughs> like, like, and I mean, like, I don't know, maybe it just speaks how little they think about me. But <laughs> it's really not especially British. <laughs> like, I know we happen to be in the UK and everything, but like, I don't know, like, our, our see, well, a lot of important stuff over the years have not been from the UK. I had to move very far away for this job. I think that's what my thing. That's right. definitely the most salient thing to yeah. them. Yeah. 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 yeah, this is my London job, is how my family thinks of there it. <laughs> okay, here's my take. Everyone who is struggling to explain their jobs to their parents is suffering from one of two problems. One, they have like just not tried that hard to do the casualized version. It's just not that hard. I think my job is among the hardest to explain because it yeah. relies on the EA community existing. And if you say like a community of like researchers and philanthropists who are trying to do the most good with their time and money, like people just understand all of the words in that sentence. But also too, I think people like de de in general gravitate to like too high level of an explanation. Whereas if you like told them a little bit about like, what is a day life like for you? And like, what was like a fun couple stories from your job? Yeah. Those are going to be way more salient and memorable than like whatever your like job description is somewhere in the like 80,000 hours Google Drive of madness. Yeah. 
I don't know. I I tell I try and tell people I do research for a careers advice org, and people do not know what that means or what you would have to research. But you you could tell them those things. You could be like, uh, yeah. oh my god, I like learned something so interesting today. It turns out that like I learn the same things my... every day. It's like, oh no, like pandemics could only... be really bad. <laughs> this is only boring to you. It is not boring to them. The people who love you are interested in what you do. I'm sorry, these aren't people who love me. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, I can't solve that problem. <laughs> oh dear um, yeah and i guess i guess the other kind of interesting and tie, tying this into news of the week which might be another aspect of, of of this show is just like like i don't know I, I i feel like a lot of people in and around like the effective altruism world have like i don't know a sense that the stuff that they're doing is very important i mean that is the premise i realize um yeah. but also like important in a way that's going to be salient to other people so can i tell a story from tuesday hannah you may i don't know what story about to tell but i'm ready for it well well uh you know hannah while well, she lives here in london for, for the next week uh does does invite people to pub trivia generally because that's something that she's enthusiastic about so i go to pub trivia with hannah uh, i feel like you have made everyone who knows me who i have not invited to pub trivia extremely saliently aware <laughs> of that fact but that's fine i haven't it's true that you have come to pub trivia it's okay well i mean if they like you enough to like listen to the podcast you probably invited them right I've never. <laughs> I've, I've never. The Venn diagrams could be two circles. It could be one circle. It could be anything. But that's okay. I feel it's all good. Continue. Ship sailed. Great. There was a question in pub trivia. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Who who was the? Uh, the I, I think that the question was very funnily worded too. It was it was who was the founder of ChatGPT what? who was recently fired and has what? gone to Microsoft and has now gone to Microsoft. Yeah, exactly. What? This is my reaction. It was so exciting. I mean, one, it's exciting to like know that you're going to get a pub trivia question right because that does not always happen. But two, it was like two, what the hell? worlds colliding. What is happening? I'm in this like old British pub. This yeah. like quiz master who like only knows me because I'm like the green haired girl and every every week is like delighted by the existence of the Mats and the Sarahs and the whomever that I bring and every week is like Hana who like what are the letters those can't those letters can't go in that order that's not how British English works and I'm like you're so right that's not the origin of my name um like the world's collision it was it was a big moment for me it felt important it felt notable so at the end of, (laughs) of, 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 of the trivia the quiz master was behind the bar at which Hannah was sitting. Yeah. And, and Hannah just made a, a point to say, hey, 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 uh, do, do you know that Sam Altman guy? And he's like, oh, was that one of the, was that one of the questions? Like, uh, <laughs> do you know that he didn't actually go to Microsoft, that he actually came back to OpenAI? I think like, that's a delightful and, fun fact. And, and yeah, the quiz master said, oh, did he then? And then, <laughs> and then and turned away to serve a different color. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then you said, isn't that so interesting? <laughs> <laughs> and then he turned away. Just couldn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that happens to me a lot. It's like not, you know, EA fact specific. But like, so what's your takeaway from that? That like I have an inflated sense of my importance to the world. Yeah, well, I mean that it might have been representative of something larger where it's like, like, wow, open AI, that is like the, the, the center of the universe. That's where the thing that we're all worried about is is like is like gonna happen. It could go bad and it could go well, and like some big decision was made there. Like, like, you know, and now it's in a, in a pub quiz. So maybe I get a little more inflation from that being like, yeah, yeah, the world is paying attention, aren't they? But yeah, when you dig down a little bit, they just know the world's not paying attention. What do you guys think? I think I had almost the opposite experience the same week. So I like met up with a bunch of friends who I like had been friends with at uni, but like hadn't really kept in touch with in the years in between. I mean, we'd seen each other like a couple times, but like not really. Um, and so one of them, he's just like a fairly like 
normal socially conscious like lefty like activisty kind of guy um, and he's really great and and he knows enough to ask me like so how's ea Ooh. but he doesn't know enough to ask anything other than that really um and i was like well it's thursday night so uh mix is the answer <laughs> i'm like a little bit stressed um and he and so i like explained the whole situation he was like oh that seems like a really big deal like I get why you're really worried about that. Like, I mean, maybe he was just humoring me, but he he seemed like pretty like, okay, that explanation is kind of compelling of like why this might be concerning and, and kind of what's, what's going on. Yeah. There is, I think like some, okay. It's true that like, uh, if you do some kind of outside view based rate thing, lots of people think they're doing the most important thing in the world. One of my uh, interests is cult documentaries. And it is definitely true mm. that the people in Keith Raniere's Nexium cult thought they were doing the most important thing in the world, that they were changing the world. And in fact, used arguments that uh, felt uncomfortably familiar around like how important the work they're doing is. And therefore, lots of other things could be skated under the rug. Not arguments I actually hear in EA, but like ones that like people right. wor worry or feel too similar. Exactly. Um, so like, yes, and I just so endorse that this is extremely important. And Sam Altman himself believes he is building God. And so, you know, the box in which you build God seems like an important box. Right. I, feel, I have no shame. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the idea that AI is an important thing coming is not uh, relegated to EAs. And uh, some of the people who believe this uh, believe a bunch of other weird stuff, too. Like, I feel like the EA thing is pretty normal. It's like, we just... We want it to go well. Uh, and other people seem to think uh, it has to go well by default and there's no way it could go wrong. And also that like maybe if it wipes out all of humanity, that'd be good. There might be like a useful like two by two, like like a you know yeah. classic political alignment axis situation going on, right? Which is like, uh, how important is the thing you're working on and like how careful should you be about it or something? Mm -hmm. Like maybe there's like, there's like a danger category to me of like, Okay, hear me out. Three axes. <laughs> Engage with okay. me. Be with me here in the octants of reality, right? We're there. We're there. You so this do is it. a 3D cube? That's a 3D cube. That's okay. right. We're there. Okay. The world in which you're both high on actual importance, mm -hmm. low on perceived importance, mm -hmm. and low on being careful as a result of your sense of perceived low importance. That's a scary octant to be in. Mm. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like... I don't know. I think it's good to like undermine narcissistic overinflated impulses. But I also think you risk like, oh, it's fine. Like fuck around and find out if you like don't take the thing seriously. So yeah. I don't like quite know what the optimal place of like how important to believe you are is. Yeah. Like if I look back at history, like the times when I wish people had been much less careful about like thing might be really big and potentially destructive is like pretty few, I think. Maybe nuclear power plants. I was about plants. to say nuclear yeah, power plants is, is the classic is, one. Yeah. Well, we're all, I mean, history is going to be written about the times when people fucked around and found out, right? Right. Like all the time. Yeah, we, yeah, I guess I probably just probably don't know about all the lost. That's a good point, actually. Glorious. Yeah, we like wouldn't and, have. Yeah. Yeah. Like if Napoleon wasn't a huge, like, egotistical jerk or whatever, then probably we would just never have heard of him. Well, isn't that what Cody, what you were pointing to with nuclear power? I mean, we, we kind of know about that one, but maybe that's just like a, a kind of like middle middle case where like we got enough of it that we right. kind of knew it was good, but there's lots of stuff that got snuffed out much earlier. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe my point was bullshit then. It's just hard. It's yeah. Like, it's hard to see all this stuff. Mm. It was a sampling bias. But I don't know. Maybe the whole place I was driving this conversation was like, there's there's a meta thing going on mm. where like, I don't know, like, like what is 80,000 hours doing in the world? We're like trying to spread ideas and, and 
uh, yeah, like I think like, yeah, one measure of that is how many people are like receiving these ideas and noticing their importance. Uh, I think it's like often a lot less than you think. And like, yeah. actually, like this is a high, a high hurdle to climb to like actually convince people that this, this matters. Um, and I mean, the, the polling is interesting, right? Because I, yeah. I, I, I feel like that was on your mind, Cody. You're thinking about like, ah, oh, we got these polling numbers. And man, they, they looks like the public is really worried about this AI thing. By which you mean like people will say AI seems very important. Might yeah. come in my lifetime might be a big deal. Yeah, even including like extinction type sure, language sure, sure. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Gets big numbers. But like, do they mean it? Well, so the, I totally agree with this for what it's worth. Well, so I mean, I, well, the, I think they do mean it. But like often it is like the fact that it is the thing they will say to a pollster is like some evidence of something. And like you also get this if you ask people like, uh, do you believe like that factory farming is like really horrible? And like ninety five percent of people will say yes, and, and then also, most of them still consume. Do you believe in farmers. literal angels and demons? I will, but I believe those people do believe that too, right? And and that, and sure. they take action on that basis. Yeah, my <laughs> <laughs> Fair they go, I mean, they go to church. Have you guys seen all those crazy high numbers on like we should ban? Is it? It's actually like all slaughterhouses. Yeah, and it's like seventy five percent plus. Yeah, so what, do, what, what, what is this? A homosexuals happen? versus gays and lesbians thing? It's what? like the word slaughterhouse. <laughs> oh, do you know about this? This is great. If you ask people how they how they felt in like some year about uh -huh. homosexuals in the military, yeah. they felt much worse than gays and lesbians in the military. Like homosexual is this like has become a pretty sort of like negatively valenced word for the right. same set of people. I knew that, but and I like, wouldn't have necessarily thought that it would produce like a significant difference. At least on this one right. set of polls I'm half remembering from mm -hmm. the journal if I saw it on Twitter once. Yeah. Um, but um, it's a good journal. You should have <laughs> <laughs> I'm following all their publications. I'm, actually, I'm not paywalled at all. It's yeah. like amazing and doing better than all the others. I've actually been published there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So I wonder if, like, I mean, the word slaughterhouse is, like, yeah. Yeah, no, not, not a every, friendly, you know, word. It's just a horrifying word that exists yeah. to describe a very normal And yet thing. it's, like, and the jobs God. of, like, Good. thousands, like, well, probably tens of thousands of people across the world. It's like, oh, yeah, I, 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 that's where I work. I go and I kill things. That's my job, you know? Yeah. Do we think those folks think their job is extremely capital I important? Mm. So oh. I read a book about this once. Amazing. Um, it's called Every 12 Seconds and it is by Timothy Pacherat. Basically, it was this guy. He's like a vegan uh, activist, ad animal advocate kind of guy. But he like went and got a job at a slaughterhouse. He was there for, I believe, a year. Oof. And for the first six months, he was working directly on the kill floor. For the second six months, he was like a super. Also call it a kill? Like, wow, oh, yeah. they're no, not it's, doing it's... euphemisms. Well, so his book is about how like they do and don't do euphemisms. It's really crazy. So there's like a bunch of really great anecdotes. One of them is during lunch at one point, um, they like they like go outside and they have lunch right at the slaughterhouse and all the people who are there their job is killing animals right and there's like a it's like a, it's like a district where there's a lot of slaughterhouses so there's like a nearby slaughterhouse there's been a, a young heifer a female cow who's escaped and she's running through the streets and somebody calls the police and basically the police find the cow they gun her down she dies and all the talk at lunchtime is about how it's so terrible that they killed this heifer and how it was like awful that they like, mm. you know, why they have to gun her down? Like she was so young, you know, she, you know, and like she was so beautiful and all this kind of stuff. Like everybody's wow. outraged. And it's like, and then they finish lunch and they go back inside and they kill cows all day. Like it's, it's really that level of like, none of these people think that they're, that they're doing the killing work. So the actual work of killing a cow in this particular sort of house is spread across three different people. So there's the, um, Ooh, yeah. Is this on, do you think this is on purpose? Is this like a moral hazard thing? Well, Timothy Pacherak claims or that like it's a moral on purpose. injury mitigation. I maneuver? don't know who designed slaughterhouses and why. Like, I don't know the history there. But Super but he's like, this is part of the, um, he calls it a politics of sight, um, where he's like, um, 
look like basically all of these three people they're separated from each other by floor to ceiling walls and all of them think that the other person is killing the cow mm. so i don't want to get too graphic but they all do different jobs each of which could be thought of as killing the cow Whoa. um and this is like this diffusion of responsibility like basically nobody thinks that they're doing murder i mean this is like the explicit reason why they'll do oh, what are they called when you execute somebody firing squad? Fire, firing squad thank yeah. you yeah i mean that's oh. the best, same basic yeah. behind a firing yeah. squad you don't but this want is any one person to feel like they're exactly. responsible yeah and and like everybody all, apparently all the other salt house workers had this like attitude of like kind of like derision to the to those three guys uh, particularly one of them the uh the guy who had the captive bolt gun i can't remember what they called him but he had he had a job name um and like that was the person who like got the most counseling and everybody's like oh do you have nightmares like do you you know do you feel like really guilty all the time but like uh, yeah it just seems to me like all the rest of them were equally participating in the thing. One of the most amazing things from uh, Rob's interview on After Hours, that mm -hmm. I think we did put on the main feed, uh, with uh, about shrimp welfare, mm -hmm. was that I, it was, oh, yeah. there's some huge percentage of the farmers of shrimp think they're sentient. Think which they like, can feel. Uh, think they can like feel pain yeah. and suffering and uh, are maybe motivated, like if you give them the right steps, to like make sure they're suffering less maybe um wait on some of those is like deeply unsurprising right people know that humans are sentient and have been slaughtering humans no, that's true but i just i guess i would imagine that like also, it's just such an easy history. defense mechanism if you're like a shrimp farmer to think like oh no like they're just they're basically just uh automata they're not they're actually feeling pain they're, yeah they're just little bundles but i, I actually meat. spoke to aaron from shrimp Papa project the other day and he reminded or he mentioned that this result didn't hold up in other countries so it was shrimp mm. farmers okay. in india specifically who thought this i mean and then when they surveyed other ones they didn't still just like yeah that would be yeah i'm yeah, still no, surprised that, by no, the result in good, any yeah, case but that's a good point on the other you have a lot of respect for like so the sort of farmers i have seen on tiktok i think have like a bunch of like derision and contempt for a lot of vegan activism mm -hmm. and there's a part of it that i mean i don't know vegan activism nearly as well as you but there's a part of it that at least felt compelling to me which is something like at least to the world at large the world thinks it knows what's going on here the world creates this huge demand for meat and these are the people who are actually doing the work to feed the demand and like kind of fuck all these people who like eat meat i guess this is not vegan activism but like who like eat meat but think it would be so easy to make it more humane yeah. or mm. who think they know what the most harmful yeah. parts are and probably the most informed activists do but like many like maybe the median activist doesn't and i think the farmers are just like i don't know they're kind of the most morally culpable those who are doing things we would consider bad and also like i'm pretty sympathetic to like i don't know moral culpability being more broadly distributed than that yeah, yeah totally with you there and i also think this is one of those interesting cases where it can be like easy to do like potentially do harm even when you're like doing something that just seems like i don't know i share like basically all of your aims and everything by just like saying untrue things about the way that animals are treated or like yeah just yeah, yeah, yeah. like even slight exaggerations in like you know like language that is used to describe animal use i think is yeah potentially harmful for this reason because it just makes you seem like you don't know what the hell you're talking about i remember the one that made me laugh a lot was it was like um man i don't remember who it was but somebody's being like if you're going to approach like a fish farmer uh or like a salmon farmer and be like oh you should change how you're treating your salmon you better know what the hell sea lice are like if you've mm. never heard of sea lice you're going to look so uninformed 
like that's their biggest problem right because they're like or like one of their biggest problems because they're constantly having to treat their fish for these parasites and they're like worrying about par- and like the average person do they know there's parasites on fish have they heard do they know what a- right 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 right. yeah i mean this is the classic like ea dynamic too when like people criticize orgs and orgs are like there's like a million trade-offs you right never consider yeah. and there's both absolute truth to that and yeah. also what an amazing go-to sentence you can say no matter what yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just it's whether just, it was true or not yeah. Yeah. it's just such an obvious defense mechanism yeah, like, yeah, yeah. in so many cases um, so i kind of want to push you guys on like yeah so it's like maybe maybe sort of slaughterhouses are the outgroup, but like in the jobs you have done, whether in EA or not, like where has there been kind of like distancing or bureaucratizing or politics of sight type moves or language yeah. that let you like distance yourself from kind of morally laden choices you've made? Like certainly in teaching, I think like I often, I like really wanted to be upfront about like why I was giving a grade I was giving, but like when people really pushed hard, sometimes I absolutely let the bureaucratic structure do what it was intended to do and be like, Sorry, so oh, sorry. Like we're like sorry. This conversation is like no longer within the scope of like what we will talk about. Like yeah. the principal is gonna chat with you now. Like you and I are not having this conversation anymore. Yeah, being like it's the policy. It's the policy. Yeah. And you feel wait. So you feel bad about that, or you feel like you should have paved on the grade, or yeah. What what do you? I just mean like there's some universe in which I was even more like upfront and explaining what decisions I was making and why. And yep, it had that effect on your college admissions. And that that is like momentous for you. And that perhaps it actually is relevant to your life. Or maybe it's not because people's outcomes, whatever, maybe don't matter so much based on the college they go to, but like feels momentous. Yeah. Yeah. And like that power is like pretty deeply invested in me with not that much oversight. Also, I really endorse my decisions. Yeah. Mm. But sometimes I would be like, sorry, we've had three conversations about this. I'm now letting like the bureaucracy do its job which i endorsed but also was a way of like letting me disconnect i was like i've done the kind of investment in the moral choices and now i'm like done yeah yeah i i mean i've faced this well very different kind of thing but like when i was a journalist you know you're i I was often faced with this choice of like oh do you cover things that are important and matter in the world and could like actually make a difference to uh the way the course of events goes or do you cover the thing that people want to click about mm. and learn about the most? And that's like part of the drama of the day that like you just know is going to do well. Uh, and there are lots of like very convincing stories that I think like are somewhat true. That's like, well, if you don't like write the things that readers are actually interested in and like get give them reason to bring them to your site, then nobody's ever going to like read your stuff anymore. anymore. And like your company is not going to be viable. So it's going to be shut down. So then like nothing you write has any benefit at all. But like... Also, you just spend your time, you can end up spending your time writing just about, about a bunch of useless So the question stuff. I'm curious yeah. about is like, were there moves that let you like distance yourself from that choice? Like, did you get to say like, oh, my editor said, or like- Well, like I've got my engagement targets for this quarter that I have to hit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like, like sometimes- putting the locus of control like somehow- I mean, yeah, sometimes saying away. like, yeah, it was like, my, well, my boss asked me to write this story. So nice. that's what yeah, I'm- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though like, could you have pushed harder on your boss? Probably like, yeah. Yeah, right. And like, and there's never... De-agentifying yeah, language or something. Yeah, I mean, because the, and there's never like a rule that like, oh, if I didn't get a certain number of views per month, then I'd lose my job. But there's always that sense out there like, well, if I'm not actually doing enough, uh, then like, then I could very well lose my job. And like, what what that counted as was like, yeah, like that was just always hanging over you. And so like, yeah. I mean, 
of course I could I could just point to the legal profession and be like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like really they've almost turned it into a positive. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Where it's like, look, we have an adversarial system. <laughs> mm. And like the way we find truth is by advocating for things that maybe just seem like obviously wrong in some ways or really bad. Um, but like, otherwise we don't find truth. And what are you against truth? <laughs> I mean, to be clear, I well, don't think that communist. like. <laughs> 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 I don't think this is like bad. Like, I think in the same way that like many social systems operate on plausible deniability, like it is not good for the answer to always like ground out in like, oh, why didn't I get you that paper on time? Okay, so it starts with the trauma from my childhood, and then it leads to like me not wanting to have a confrontation with my boss because confrontation is hard, and I'm a millennial. Like, let's just like not. We don't need to ground everything out in there. Like, we need to ground things out somewhere else. Yeah, at least sometimes. Yeah, my current job has a bit of this as well. I was hoping someone would do their current job. <laughs> Brave man. Go, uh, go, we, go. we bring you into our office and go, then go. you just come here and try to just like pull all the all the all the negativity out. Uh, hopefully, the you take it with you. Out. The oh, truth out. Yeah. The truth. The truth. The truth. That's 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 why we have this adversarial. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, somewhat famously in, in EA circles or whatever, people apply for advising, and and uh, you know we don't accept everyone, uh, and I think yeah. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> true facts rough um yeah and I, I mean maybe i'll just own this why not like like and 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 we means me yeah 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 uh, no, i have taken real. responsibility for this in, in part because like all of my colleagues are much too empathetic to like uh, not be very demotivated by saying no to people a lot um Ooh, even implicitly even lower empathy as a skill set <laughs> i like it i like it comparative advantage i'm into it takes all kinds continue also true and, you know, sometimes there are like, um, yeah, like various forms of soft reject uh, where it's like, hey, we have some other specific resource that we think is really good for you. And like, let me send that your way. Um, and I think this is the kind of thing, like, obviously, like, you know, we, we this year it's going to be like over 10,000 applications or something. We just have policies. It's like, no, good no, job, no, no. guys. What's that? Good job. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, we just have policies. It's like, you know. Way to go up the U.S. News and World Report ranking. You know? <laughs> You know, it just takes a lot of time to review these apps, and then like, like, so if we if we answered every email that says like, hey, can you help me particularly why my app why this? Even that, even that, like, right there, right? It's right, the, the zooming out. Just... Why am I not doing it in this case? Because if I universalize that, then yeah. X. Like that's sure. that's the move right there, which I think is a legit move. But it is yeah. that's where it's happening. I yeah. think, yeah, yeah. But I do think I still have sometimes some opportunity to say like, hey, there's this particular thing, and I'm I'm thinking about literally one instance right now nice. where like. Um, you know, I had offered someone an introduction to someone else who I thought would have good advice, mm -hmm. like for their career. And in thanking me for offering that other introduction, like the email just like went into some weird directions. And I was like, man, am I comfortable introducing you to this person? Uh, and so I had a moment where I could default to what the system was, which was I've offered an introduction. You've accepted the offer. I'm going to introduce you. Uh, or I could say like, hey, hey my judgment is going off right now and and I should actually state like like how I really feel. And it's like a really difficult communication challenge to be like, like, hey, all that stuff you just said, you know, I have this other person who I offered to introduce you to, who I have like a responsibility to, mm -hmm. to like not put them in difficult situations. And now I'm kind of worried that I'm going to put them in a difficult situation. So I hope you understand where I'm coming from when I say maybe this isn't the best idea. Um, and like, I don't know, could that have like escalated and gotten worse? Sure. In this case, it actually de-escalated and went like pretty well. Uh, but yeah, just like one example of, uh, yeah, how that applies to my current job. Yeah. Mm. Wait, sorry, what, what's the end of the story? What did you actually do? So I actually emailed the person who sent me the weird acceptance. And said like, sorry, you set up some orange flags for me. Yeah. Whoa. I and mean, that I, went well. 
Yeah, I mean, Whoa. I I put a lot of care into that email. I bet <laughs> sure. to to take the right like deescalatory uh, kind of tone. Um, and yeah, I felt good about it overall. It was very time intensive. I definitely couldn't have done it for everyone. Um, yeah, but I, I I was I was feeling some kind of way that day. Yeah, there, I mean, there can be a lot of like emotional cost to. Uh, having those kinds of interactions with people yeah. and like I, that's why I do think it is like reasonable to be like no like the policy is like I, I don't engage with everybody at that level but I was I was. I think a... bureaucracy is great like, <laughs> serving many many important functions oh yeah and I, I, I if I think I were in a more typical situation yeah it was yeah, just yeah. a standard rejection or something but I felt like I had like left yeah. the mm-hmm. well-defined realm mm-hmm. of policy and was now into the realm of like mm, I'm in some weird space there's for, for which there is no policy and I have to decide uh, you know how to, how to yeah litigate it mm. Hannah brought questions, so I'm supposed to be the host. Oh, well, but you told me to think of questions I wanted to ask the three of you. Oh, I mean, that's... You, well, you said spend 10 to 15 minutes thinking of it. So that I does sound like something I did it on the, <laughs> So I did it on the train right here. And in this moment, I do appreciate it. Hannah, what do you have for us? Okay. I'm... Okay. <laughs> well, one of my questions is, why is pub trivia the optimal way to hang out with people? <laughs> Why is what? Pub oh. trivia, the optimal way to hang out. With we, we had a great take. When, what, wait, when, when did this happen? Somebody at lunch the other day? They said trivia. Oh, or was it dinner? <laughs> Somebody said trivia is just like a complete waste of time. Oh, yeah. And nobody should do it. Oh, uh, yeah. This was at a party. You don't have to name names. <laughs> you could, though. You might <laughs> want to for their... I might get... I, I think I might people are not all that sensitive about their opinions about pub trivia. <laughs> but think of how I'll react. <laughs> Think of think of the relationship that they and this person and I. Could well, have they'll had. understand why you don't invite them then. So true. <laughs> so true. No, I'm curious if you want to share. Anyway, they thought it was a waste of time. Sorry, I, I, I mean, I think I, I think the claim was just something like it's just asking a bunch of random questions and then getting the answer or not, and then nothing happens. Maybe you get a silly door prize. That, that that's not me saying this. This is somebody. Okay, else. I actually am. Okay, I'm you a do very have controversial opinion. <laughs> I'm a very sympathetic to that, and B it does feel like exactly the same thing of like, why talk to people? It's just making mouth noises. <laughs> mouth noises, like, wow, Adam's bumping into each other. So dumb. <laughs> it's just like, well, I feel like we've lost. Like it's true that like meaning and meaning construction happens on like this range of like human behavior, and if you like go into atoms or galaxies, like you lose it. But, like that doesn't mean it's not there here in the middle section. To be fair, somebody, so somebody, this person who brought this up, I really don't remember. I'm who also it was, sympathetic. But they, they, they brought up this take because I made the claim that music is overrated, which tends to. You were trying to start a fight. You were like, "What's that thing? Like, what's going on? What happened with you?" To punch him in the face. No, I honestly who just think this what? is like no. this should be a, like a pretty obvious statement that like people talk about music so highly that like it's got to be overrated, even if you think it's pretty great. But I'm asking us to step back from object <laughs> level and say, "Why did you say that at lunch?" That was like clearly intended to start no. an argument, and like maybe that's fine. It's fun to do a bantery argument. Well, that's no. why we're here. That's why I started with why pub trivia optimal, which is obviously not like an uncontroversial statement. Yeah, I mean this was this was a party, and yeah, I think nobody was saying anything. Right, and so you were like, "I'm gonna start shit." Yeah, but nice. like it also is something I genuinely believe, and sure. so like that's a fun way to start that's shit a good, is that's, by saying something you that's think a good is over. true. Cody yeah. loves to start shit with some weird incongruous statements, and usually they're not as controversial as music is overrated. They usually like of the form. So, what's your favorite bean? <laughs> what's your favorite kind of bean? There is a real like genre of like quirky, yeah, icebreaker, yeah, mm. right? Like which often the question is sounds really good, but does not actually yield good answers. Like many of the questions I have prepped 
have this form where what they do is show off that I am clever because I came up with a question, but they actually oh. are not particularly good at listening, eliciting good conversations for other people. For instance, <laughs> what is the cutest career? Is a question I okay. to Is that a good question? Not really. I feel like it has to be dog groomer. Hmm. That's actually a great answer. But like, do you see why it's a bad question? Like it has like an, like a, what's it called? An est in I, it. Like the most X is yeah. usually a bad question because people don't right. index things that way. It's like bad, but it like makes me seem so quirky and fun. <laughs> and like, what's your favorite bean? I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the same genre. Wait, no, but but there's so many beans. It's not like... <laughs> <laughs> not a crux! <laughs> I, I just... Cody. I like, we Cody, all have Cody, beans. I would like you to name types of beans until you run out. Can you go for a full minute? I'm going to time you. I no mean, one will help you. <laughs> <laughs> go. Uh, chick bean. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> you failed step one. Ch- no. <laughs> Chickpea, yes. which is also called a garbanzo bean. So okay. I think I think you can also allow chickpea. One point five. Edamame, which is also a soybean. Uh, black-eyed peas, uh, red kidney beans, black beans, cannellini beans. Uh, uh, oh no, am I running out of any? Mung beans. Yeah. Uh, lima beans. Okay. Coffee beans. Uh, that's probably a cheat. But why I'll, don't I'll coffee beans have, have protein? I think they're not beans in the same way. Um, that means I'm taking it off your list. <laughs> uh, my, yeah, what else? Uh, jumping beans. What? No, that's that's definitely a thing. Oh, Jack's uh, magic beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there's like, what's that big bean? Oh, the big Fava? One. Fava, Fava bean, thank you. Oh, uh, I wasn't supposed to help. <laughs> I said a kind of bean as well. What did you say? I said bolotti beans. Oh, I've never mm, even heard of yeah, that yeah. one. You also haven't got harico. Harico beans? I mean, yeah, just peas, green peas. Uh, do I get lentils? They're pulses, Americans I think. call them beans, which is very strange. We what? do what? Well, when I went to America, they were like, get that bag of beans and referring to a bag of lentils. And I was like, mm. okay, I guess Americans. I agree. No, I agree no. they're a pulse. Pulse is an important important grouping yeah you were talking to the wrong american if they called okay the wrong american (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't i don't one guy out there (laughs) he knows americans don't know their beans okay what great nine nine is so many beans (laughs) nine is nine is a fair amount and other people could name more and if so if you ask them their favorite bean you'll know more do you find that this elicits like good and active conversations uh usually it gets a laugh and then, I agree that it is intended and succinct of <laughs> doing that. And then my reaction to I, I usually judge the bean they mention <laughs> that also gets left. Nice. So what you're if I'm understanding correctly, what you're doing is like turning the channel to the Cody show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good. And like the Cody <laughs> show the Cody show. show is like probably great. So like yeah. that could be a totally reasonable thing to do. But yeah. it's different than I am asking you a question. <laughs> In which I care about the answer. What I care about is that I am the host of this fun new game show I called The Bean Show on the Cody Network. Well, often, often they haven't come up with anything to say at all. So I bring up the topic of beans. And so it we're, starts we're off with running. contempt and we go from there. Great. I mean, great. yeah. I love most it. of my interactions start with contempt. That's, yeah. that's a given. Well, all of Cody's friends just learn a lot about a lot. Great. Amazing. There's another question you could ask, which yeah. I've sometimes asked, which is much simpler and it's a binary, but which would you rather get rid of? Uh, poppy seeds or sesame seeds? 
I'm unsold. Yeah, like, you're like, obviously sesame. I'm like compelling no, but controversy. I mean, like, like, like. I agree that hot fun, dog buns and it is and, an interesting fact that bagels. faux fun controversies are just like weirdly fun. There yeah. are like delightful, like, like the a wheels hot dog or doors thing. Wheels or doors, good yeah. hot dog sandwich, good. Like, that was so teacher. Yeah, no, <laughs> you were like, yes, that's a good suggestion. That's a good suggestion. Anyone else in the class? <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Hot it's dog. A very is good skill. <laughs> good. good <laughs> <laughs> pineapple and pizza classic yeah, no sure. that's boring yeah i feel oh. like that's an old one like that's yeah. been around <laughs> i feel i feel like the other the, other... the, the teacher's trying to butt in now the other one that's like this is the immortal snail have we done the immortal snail i'm familiar with the immortal snail this is the gen yeah, 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 yeah. Pineapple what? pizza. Do you want to explain the immortal snail to the elderly men in the room? Oh, you don't know <laughs> no, about no. the snail? Okay, so the, it's like a would you take the bargain thing. And the bargain is you live forever um, how, and you can't be killed, but you can be killed by an immortal snail. And all the snail has to do is touch you, but they oh, will they yeah, will come yeah. after you and they will never give up. And they will never stop trying to find you. So you can like go to the ends of the earth and the snail is coming for you. Do you take the bargain? Yes, but what's but then the question is what's your strategy for defeating the snail? And remember, it's immortal, and so and so obviously you can't like crush it or stuff. And like very... here's what's good about but you can this. put it it's in a dual, It's a dual pronged question. It's would you take the bargain, and then what is your strategy? I think yeah. this makes it better and yeah. richer and deeper than other similar questions. Yeah. Mm. Because then you're talking about strategies, strategies for identifying individual snails so that you know which snail is the immortal snail out of a group of snails. Yep, looking up like speed of snail tra- transit yes. and travel. Can yes. it get on a plane? Can, can it go can, underwater? Can snails like survive the lower air pressure on planes? Exactly. Well, it's an immortal snail, so of course it can survive the lower air pressure Oh, I see. On planes. Can it be, so it can't be, oh, it's like the immortal, it it's can't be killed. It's unkillable. Not the, oh. And you're unkillable too, mm. which I feel like is only fair. Okay, is it, to- oh. But, right. it, but it's possible that this immortal snail could be incapacitated. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's fair. But yeah, like, obviously the, the yeah, correct yeah, answer is, like, cementing the snail. Sure, but, sure. like... Well, hang on. It feels like an important premise of this should be that, like, you don't know where the snail is when the steel is struck. Yes, very true. The snail Ooh. could be anywhere. Right, so you... <gasps> no, so you go somewhere Wait, where that's no... Wait, like, I've never heard that point made. What if the snail is, like, right behind you? <laughs> what if you Wait. only ask the person who asked you is in cahoots I, with I, the no, snail I and only asked when the snail is within an inch but I don't think a snail has ever touched me without my consent that you know of <laughs> yeah that you know of yeah no exactly that's what the spiders I'm crawling saying. into people's mouths when they sleep thing real no that's uh, definitely not real I do have snails who have been trying to get into my house no in snails. the backyard well they've been no they're there and they try you, and can get you in identify the individuals I bet no. you could if you like gave it a go, you know. No, I don't. Like, do you know what? Do you know what I heard recently, and I don't know if this is true. So you know how when a snail is on the pavement and you want to pick them up and mm. get them out of the pavement because otherwise they're going to get stepped on. You have lost me. But okay, continue. Well, this is a common thing. Um, and... This is a Brian Tomasic thing. Is... So no, true. it's not a Brian Tomasic thing. I've been doing this for years. Okay. It's a normal empathetic person thing. You don't like. Yeah, seeing exactly. Snails get a Brian Tomasic thing. A okay. Normal empathetic person. The normalest empathetic person there is. <laughs> the Brian most Thomas. normal. Um, <laughs> And but but apparently, if you just pick them up and they're like out of their shell, you can cause a, a like a rupture. Yeah, between the snail and its shell, which can often kill them. So the thing that you're supposed to do apparently is tap on the shell, and then they'll think a bird's coming to eat them, which is probably pretty stressful. But it will make them retract inside their shell. You can pick them up safely. Blah blah. blah. But I'm like, oh no, have I accidentally killed a whole load of snails who I was trying to save their lives? 
Altruism is suspect. It really helping is. Helping can hurt. Helping can if hurt. If you don't know about the sea lice, you don't know about the trade-offs. Yeah. Helping is very complicated. Especially invertebrates. That's the common thing between the sea oh. lice. You know, well, the, the, crust- the crustaceans, sea lice. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Aren't lice like bugs? Well, yeah, but I guess people... Sea bugs are If you say crustaceans, I feel like a lot of people's intuitive crustacean is a crab or a lobster, but actually... But they're basically sea bugs, they're, right? like, mites on your face. I yeah. that from a Da Vinci novel. Mm. So... So the mites on your face are crustaceans? Yeah. What about the mites in their eyes? Don't know. Well, they're aquatic. You know about this thing? Where they're... But there are aquatic <laughs> crustaceans. Whoa. That kind of blew my mind. They're aquatic. <laughs> I guess my tears are salinified. Sal- 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 salty? Salty? Salty. Briny. Mm, briny. <laughs> Good word. <laughs> okay. Here's why pub trivia is optimal. <laughs> In general, it is just good to have an activity that you can talk during, but yes. also don't have to talk during. That's the golden nugget. The problem with board games often for socializing, board games are great for playing board games. The problem with board games for socializing is that often like talking is bad for the board game. Mm. And so then you're just like, yeah, you have like a tension between like having nice chat and like actually playing the game. Mm. Um, but then you don't want to have to chat because sometimes you know, whatever, talking reaches natural wells or whatever. And it's like nice to have interspersal. This is my take for why people give speeches during wedding dinners or mm-hmm. whatever. And I think they are like sort of there, like timed at really excellent intervals such that people can like have nice chats, but they don't, they're not under pressure to have like some great conversation for like 45 minutes straight because like every 12 minutes, somebody is getting up. Is, or at least this is sometimes Is, is there some selection pressure on uh, wedding events that would create them make them be more optimal mm, some optimization pressure and in fact the one and only time i gave a toast we all gave a toast in a row so this totally doesn't track but and also like aren't there like just things about weddings that are consistently horrible <laughs> i think i've liked every wedding i've ever been to wow. Do you just like what what weddings are great i cry every time um oh sorry no to be clear i've liked every wedding i've ever been to <laughs> <laughs> what's bad about weddings um the, i mean yeah I'll let bella take this one <laughs> So I feel bad for this being oh, my this opinion. Is great. Wedding gossip is the best gossip. No, I mean most. It's not really gossip. It's just like uh, I just get so bored of people who I don't especially like and being in their company. <laughs> you know, like I feel like your wedding is just like oh, there's like a whole bunch. Or not like your personal wedding. Obviously, that would be a bit different. But like like a wedding that you go to is just like there's loads of people in the room. And are they people that you would actively choose to hang out with? I guess sometimes depends who's getting married. Um, but like all the times, just like people who are like much drunker than you, who you maybe don't know very well, um, who are like it's an easy fix to the them being drunker than you. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, 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 crucially, not for three or four, but three out of four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some context for the audience that I learned today is that everyone in the room besides me <laughs> doesn't drink, which puts me in an interesting situation as. No one who knew me in high school will listen to this podcast. But the people who knew me in high school will be like, what the fuck is going on? This is like narrative violation from the get-go. Maybe I spent a lot of time judging people for drinking. And maybe somebody will Google you. You mm. know. The, the I, I do a I do an occasional Google. People I used to know and don't really keep in touch with. There you go. Yeah. Well, hi friends. Uh I'm sorry, I think mostly. Like you were also kinda lots of you were shitty, but I was also <laughs> shittier than I admitted to. And I was kind of obnoxious and stuck up about yeah i just kind of had to stick up my bad about stuff and i'm i'm sorry i think i treated some people not very well hmm. so that's my growth. that's my apology to the world yeah. yeah growth um growth and alcohol mm. is, is the big change yeah 
Yeah. I'm pretty curious about people's, if people are willing to share a pretty private thing, why don't you folks drink? So I uh, would like to make the same apology to people who I knew when I was a teenager and in my early 20s. However, I'm still like kind of judgy and kind of a prick. So it's not as fulsome as an apology as honest. Okay, let's go through the necessary requirements of an apology, right? One is you have to feel actual remorse. (laughs) Two is you have to be doing work to change the thing. Three, oh, some- here comes the community health. <laughs> <laughs> Something else. I guess you can feel genuinely sad that you hurt somebody without having any intention of doing anything different in the future. Yeah. I think but, there but are things like I, that where I'm like, I made the right decision. I'm very sorry that you had, a, you know, that things went badly for you as a result of this. So yeah. it's mostly like condolences. Yeah. So there's like yeah. sorry condolences and there's like sorry well, no, it, like, I think I have like genuine regret or something. Like that, you wish that, the world were different. Yeah, I wish that that weren't the right call or something. Isn't, I think that's what. But I, yeah, but I think that yeah, I think that's not an apology. That's like mm. a you regretting a state of the world, not not you regretting your action because it was done for bad reasons. Yeah, and I think a common thing to say here, a natural thing to say here, would be like, oh, we should distinguish. We should have different words for like sorry, apology, and sorry condolences. And maybe some languages have them. Maybe some cultures do. And I'm like, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know. I'm so with you. So bearing part of society yeah. that it is ambiguous which one you mean. Yep. Okay, Matt, go ahead. Yeah. I'm a little bit sorry, and I'm a little bit changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. I judge people less harshly, oh, that's but great. I still judge them. Sure. What, what made you judge people less harshly? Mm. I, I think just like aging out of crime. Aging out of a crime? crime? I, I mean, it, it, whatever <laughs> phenomenon explains the fact that older people like commit less crimes and are oh, less okay. aggressive and like antagonistic and things. You're like just that. like more like boring um, yeah. overall. Yeah. True. <laughs> just like as people age, they get like, way less, less edgy. Surprisingly, like maybe the least edgy person on this recording tonight. That's a surprise. No, no. What did I say? I mean, before the recording. Oh, oh. So far yes. in the recording, I see. <laughs> oh. Yes, no, that's true. But I mean, like as not a person, in real life, <laughs> you're you're way more edgy than me as a person. True. Also true. This also seems like a great thing to have strategic ambiguity around. Did you want to keep going? But, yeah, I mean, topic? yeah. Was that was that your point with the apologies? Is that like? Yes. Sometimes it can be really good to say like, oh, I'm I'm sorry about this, but X, like, but I can't help you now. And it's good to be able to be yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. That could be because I made a mistake or it could just be because I'm sorry about the state of the world. Some people are like entitled, I think, to ask you what you mean, mm-hmm. like depending on like what kinds of relationship you have. There is like an entitlement to know. Yeah. And some people do not. Yeah. Cool. So pivoting back to alcohol. Yeah. Hannah. I'm going to guess that yeah. our stories are kind of similar. Nice. Based on some stuff you said just before we started recording. Which is like, the adults told me as a young child that the alcohol kills the brain cells yeah. and it's real bad for you and you mustn't do it. Yeah. And I had this whole thing as a kid where I took adults seriously. And I thought they like meant what they said and they really believed what they said they believed all the time, including stuff about religion and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, this just kind of went into that category as like a real important purity staple of the world kind of thing. And I just didn't really inspect the dissonance between like, oh wait, but after seven... <laughs> what do all these people go and do? <laughs> and, and so I just I, I bought it for a long time, uh, and you know I wasn't exactly a social butterfly. So like uh, I think I got to observe um, my peers start doing the thing that was bad and killing their brain cells, and you know just like not uh, seem all that enviable uh, in the states that they brought themselves to. And so I was like, oh, you seem dumb, and like you're you're ruining your days and feeling terrible. And well, I guess I don't know how do teenagers have hangovers? Do, do I detect that they smell? And they do dumb stuff. And I, I, I do like, think teenagers have hangovers. Yeah. Okay, cool. Maybe con- I observed con- that. Confirmed by side. But yeah, and then I was just like, I want no part of that. I am, I am above it and more dignified than that. 
it's the same part of me that that says like i i didn't want to be seen in public with a t-shirt but here we are yeah <laughs> oh so oh i thought there was going to be a change in you no oh i mean it's the, like i mean consistent with my apology like the, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the sentiment is still like directionally there it's just like much more muted do you feel like you kind of don't want to be the kind of person who drinks like do you still have that part of yourself oh, it feels yeah. like it's like impure or like mm. contamination of some kind or like contamination of the kind of person you want to be a tiny little bit it's much more just the brand thing now Wow. It's my personal brand. I so. think I kind of, I think I want to be less a, like person... a personal brand, given that you're the majority in this particular room. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I you. I, so I think I think I would want to be the kind of person who drinks, but I don't want to be myself when I have drink, mm. drunk. Which like, you know what you're like when you're drunk. Yeah, which like I don't think like I'm a horrible person or anything. Like I, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not like mean or anything. I might be a bit sassy. But like, <laughs> I I don't think like, but like, I just don't like myself. I just don't like this up purse. Like, I think I'm like annoying. And like, also like, I'm just like less competent and like less able to take care of myself. And like, mm. I don't like those facts about uh, being intoxicated with alcohol. And that, I think that's like my main reason. But I, I mean, but I do kind of get annoyed that like, I am the person who's like, oh no, I don't drink in situations. And because of that, like, I don't know, you know, if people want to go out to a bar and like, you don't have to drink, but they kind of expect you to drink a little bit and like can be kind of annoying to be that person. Yeah. I have a huge amount of respect for like deciding that you don't like yourself in the context in which you are drunk and deciding not to drink. I think, uh, I don't know, this just seems like a really, I don't know, virtuous activity to be like, I don't act well when I'm drunk. And so the answer is not to get, sometimes it's not to get better at <laughs> yeah. that. It's just to stop putting yourself in situations where you're less of the person you want to be. Yeah. And I just, I, when I was doing it, I just like realized, like I didn't do it, even do it that many times. Like I, was, I was just, like I did it and then I was like, Wait, I'm just doing this because like this just seems like the thing to do, not because I actually like in certain situations, not because I actually want to do it. So it's just kind of easy to stop. Yeah, the real re reason is that my uh, father is an alcoholic, and I d think that shit's genetic, or it seems to be. Um, and I'm just like, let's just never find out. Let's just never find out if I would do that. Mm. Um, that seems so reasonable to me. Yeah. Yeah, and also I like generally get quite addicted to things that I'm into. Mm. Like I, you know, I like really go all in. Like I, I, I don't know. I'm like the the more DACA person, you know. Like I, I like, uh, like I, I started playing an MMO a few weeks ago, and I like have spent a lot of time on it since then. Um, like I'm. I feel like you usually endorse these obsessions. Yeah, but and and you, you guys are playing MMO together, right? Are you used to? Uh. We used to, and then Matt. It was a very brief foray into into classic World of Warcraft. <laughs> Matt got a girlfriend back, and then didn't, and then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. It's fine. Yeah, no, really, besmirching it. That's and, right. And I, I think I that's just facts, though. Like, I don't. <laughs> so you don't have to, you know, make the facts more true. You can try to make them less. True. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't really play well. Uh, on this topic, I'm always curious, and I assume the answer is, is... Wait, I'm happy to move on, and it, this, I promise, is not just an excuse to talk more about myself, but it's interesting that I asked you all, like, why you drink. Like, no one asked, sorry, why you don't drink, and no one asked me why I do drink. Oh, well, yeah. Because I'm taking default. as a default. Yeah. yeah. Right, but that's kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe it's not that interesting. I have an argument that might, okay. might turn you back. I've decided it's not interesting, but I still wanted to point it out. Sorry, go ahead. I have an argument that might turn you back, but but do tell us first. How, oh, how, should how I finish my drink first? <laughs> no, 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 no. Give, give, us, give, us, give us a story about how you how you came back to, or came to alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like, sort of similarly, although I don't have the parental excuse, my parents just have like a 
pretty healthy, normal relationship with alcohol where they like drink wine in the evenings and enjoy it. Um, and I just somehow all on my own, you know, I come by my judginess, honestly. The I was same just, parents who know what you do. That's right. That's right. My parents are great. Um, I was just like, yeah, alcohol is like bad and a, the bad kind of people do it. I think I just thought drunkenness was really, I don't know. I don't have a full psychoanalysis. It's like some combination of like people not being themselves, people being okay with not being themselves. Somehow felt like, okay, not to get too Nietzsche in. It felt life negating. It felt like hmm. they were saying life is bad. We have to escape. And I like found that desperately sad and like really didn't want it to be true. And it was really, and I was a very happy, like cheery kid. And I was just like, I don't want to engage with this. I hate this thing where like, people look forward to the weekend, which I think was like deeply unsympathetic to people who hated school more than I did. And like, we're actually mm. having a bad time. But I was just like, this is so depressing. Looking forward to two sevenths of your life, the other five sevenths of the time, a real sentence I often said, because I was obnoxious. But I was just like, I hated it. I hated it so much. I wanted people to be like alive and energetic and excited all the time and high on life like me and like to like bounce and banter back and forth with me and just to like have these joyful conversations. And I think the whole escapist thing felt like giving up. Mm. How do you feel about that now? Um, yeah, I now much more feel like alcohol is a tool like many others. And um, I've just become much more into like a certain kind of transhumanist, like, man, if taking a drink makes you less anxious and a little more confident and more the person you want to be at this party or like this party is bad. I'm like, oh, yes, I contend that you have to enjoy this party less because of like my purity instincts just like mm. no longer feels very compelling to yeah. me. Um, and I think people should decide what alcohol does for them or what other you know, drugs or like cold showers or hyping themselves up for there's many many tools one can have yeah. to like change their emotional yeah. experience and i think people should like pick the bouquet that works for them and alcohol i think oh, conveniently i don't get hangovers i not i don't get addicted to alcohol i like drink some alcohol i get tipsy i stop i have a slightly better time than i otherwise would have just seems kind of like nice just like pure positive wow yeah, so the first half of that really, like, articulated better than I did, like, what I was feeling when I was younger. Mm. Um, and I should, I should tie it a, a little bit to career advice, which is to say, like, hating the other, <laughs> the other five-sevenths of your life or whatever, yeah, is just, like, a thing that I pick up on a lot mm. in people. I think it's just out there in the culture. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, like, work is drudgery, work is bad, you have to oppose it Mondays and Mondays are it. bad, lasagna and, and, is good. <clears throat> and, like, I don't know, I think oftentimes... <laughs> You know, people people who are like, you know, probably less EA than like the people who would listen to this, um, you know, kind of come to ADK being like, oh, it's a career site. You're going to help me hack the labor market mm. such that I can like do minimal work and get maximum kind of benefit. People come to you for that. Um, or I, that you, you sense that in that. I mean, well, as, as, I, as I owned up to earlier, like I reject the applications. <laughs> um, and, and this is one class of applications that I think I frequently reject uh, is people who are like coming into it with this attitude rather than like, I want to do the most social good. It's like, it's like I want to hack the labor market to, to, to get maximum benefit at minimum cost or whatever to myself in a, in a selfish way. Um, but I do think like, like, yeah, there's like a whole spectrum of this mentality. And like, it is very hard for people to be like, oh, like, should I make effort to like push back against this and find a way to make the five sevenths like, um, like, like, like something really great that I'm excited and curious about. Um, and yeah, I think like kind of like consistent with Julia Galef's approach to like uh, rationality, where it's like, you think rationality is about like your P's and Q's and logic and like how good you are at it. But she's like, eh, actually most of the thing that makes people good at rationality is their kind of emotional disposition towards like the question of like, how do I find truth? Um, and so I, I say same with careers. As in like, What's your emotional disposition towards this idea of, 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 of you know, labor? 
Meaning you'll have a more impactful career if you're like actively excited and curious about it. Sorry, I think I didn't parse it. Yeah, and you try to cultivate that excitement and curiosity. Mm. Or if you're not resigned to the idea that you are just going to hate this and this is like something that is being taken from you. I feel like this is an increasingly common attitude among people who are like my age or maybe a bit younger. And, and you're saying like, oh, I see the rejections. Well, I see the kind of like people's reactions to our, you know, we, we're putting our feelers out there in the world being like, hey, you want to learn about ATK? Um, I know. And... I watch all the YouTube channels that you <laughs> advertise on, Great. which I okay. guess means one of us is doing a good job. <laughs> um, yeah, and so the a lot of people have this reaction if they're like, oh my God, you're like telling me, you know, how I can have a career that's fulfilling and does good in the world. Like you must be lying. You are selling me something. Ooh. You are going like, you're just trying to like pull the wool over my eyes and be like, oh, you actually can have something nice or, or you're telling me to like yeah be a we get called bootlickers a bunch like to, to like um you know accept the like drudgery or like somehow commit myself to it or whatever and i'm like oh interesting man. it's really it's really like r slash anti-work vibes it's like quite a lot of the the criticism that we get at, mm. at the very kind of there's something like of... giving up about liking your job or trying yeah. to like your job or putting pressure on yourself to like your job I I mean, I kind of, I commend a bit the skepticism of like, uh, yeah, these people totally. are like paying money put, to put this ad in front of my face. What, what, what are they What's thinking? Their what, yeah, what are they really like, trying Like, are to... they being paid by McKinsey and Bain and whatever yeah. to like get me to go work there and pretend that I like it or something? And so I, I like totally understand where it's coming from. Yeah. I just think it's like, it makes me sad because I'm like, oh man, yeah, like this is the reality for a lot of people. This is like a thing that you might expect your life is going to be like. I genuinely think there's other options for you, yeah. very plausibly, or at least in, in a lot of cases. Um, and just many people are like, no, like the thing is to get through it rather than to like try and um, build something that you're excited about or proud of. Yeah. It it did just occur to me that I should plug an old episode of the Big Boy podcast, oh, which yeah. maybe not all of our listeners have heard. Uh, which is uh, so not the vibe I was promised <laughs> plugging other things doing the right thing with this time that we have together hey hey we, we had time for our jokes and we're gonna have time for time for useful things too um, how does one roll one's eyes in audio format <laughs> don't worry we'll get the close up <laughs> um, yeah uh, Tara McCulley uh, came on years ago was it 2017 or 2018 or something a very early episode and she talks about, you know, not not a glamorous jobs by any stretch. Yeah. I think like working at a burger joint, essentially, and like finding ways to find interesting questions about like how we can like make this thing better. Um, and that that is the kind of curiosity that I like. I think I want people to cultivate across the board, not only for like impact reasons, but just like for your own enjoyment of like most of your life. Think about ways you can do that. Oh, shit. Um, she's changed her name. We should edit in her real name. Oh. Tara. What is it? I don't remember. Age? No. They, they took a joint name oh <laughs> I, we're gonna we're gonna keep the part in where i don't know when when she recorded the podcast with us she was known as, as tara okay. mccauley yeah, yeah, but i strongly object to keeping in the part where you sneer at other people taking on joint names <laughs> um <laughs> or at least keeping in the part where i chide you for it i have a strong i have i have a strong reaction to that podcast that i that i want to talk about yeah so i listened to it it's like one of the first <laughs> atk podcasts i listened to like the very first one i listened to was tyler cowan which okay any nice. like was there anyone who could have challenged my like worldview and preconceptions more than <laughs> like i was like what the fuck is this guy what the hell is he talking about <laughs> he's really weird okay hope they're not all like this luckily they weren't anyway 
um i also listened to that one at like a fairly similar time and i found it quite scary not gonna lie mm. and so yeah so it's, it's interesting that you describe it as like oh she was finding ways to like find curiosity and like um in like relevant puzzles for her to solve even in this, these jobs which like a lot of people would view as drudgery or something and i my reaction was like this is so frightening this person is like approaching life as some kind of optimization algorithm and oh my god like i guess it kind of is or like maybe it could be if i was treating it that way that sounds like exhausting and terrifying and like all kinds of like uh, i don't know i was just like very um she seemed very intense very like in a way that's like pretty admirable actually but like at the time i, I was mostly just kind of frightened by it or something which is interesting because i feel like i probably if i re-listened to it now i wouldn't have that reaction at all what, what kept you listening to the podcast after oh, yeah, those two? Yeah, yeah. Right, I have no like, idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and, and like, I did listen to it a lot as well, like at that time. And I just really don't know why. <laughs> Rob, Rob's voice is just so charming. So, yeah, so melodic. Um, <laughs> no one here is paid to say that question. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, also, there was maybe a, a heavy dose of something in that. I, okay, whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think Rob's a bad influence, and this optimization stuff is not good, um, in 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 a very kind of couched way. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. So I, I keep on thinking about like uh, yeah, Rob posted this thing where it's like products that you should buy and own or whatever. Love it. Uh, and and his rationale for certain of them. Uh, in, the one that sticks out in my head is the um. Is the it kettle. the crystal deodorant? Oh no. No, it's the kettle. Do you remember the kettle? No. Right. No. She so says I make sure to buy a kettle that only goes up to 85C rather than 100C yeah. or it gives you the option to go to 85C because like if you get a kettle that only goes to 100C, well, guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to be spending all this time blowing on your drinks or putting slightly like more tepid water in it to, to, to balance out the temperature such that you can drink it because 100C is boiling. It's too much. Um, and, you know, if you add up all those seconds, it's going to be like, like, you know, like days and days of your life that you just spend on this, this weird kettle maintenance thing. So, so make sure you get the one for 85C. And this is just an example of like, Tiny little activities. I think shoehorns are in the same thing. It's like, well, you tie your shoes every day. That adds up to, to weeks and weeks of your life. You spend tying shoes. Why, do you want to spend your life that way? Yeah, my, I think... my trouble is I'd spend a lot of time looking for the shoehorn. <laughs> <laughs> so I think no, that's why there's products you buy. Like, yeah, that's why, that's why that's why Rob's list. Yeah. So I think on the object level, all this analysis is correct and good. The, 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 the potential trap and the risk that I think I personally fell into, uh, not that I'm representative of anyone, um, was like, now I have this mentality about every moment of my life and I'm anxious and stressed about like, am I using my time as wisely as I possibly could? Yeah. And this is net negative. Yeah. Uh, and so you really have to, really have to, to, to part these things. And kind of similarly, I think like with like the Tara thing or like the liking your job thing, like, I don't know, this is always hard. The balance between encouraging people on the margin to like seek curiosity and seek joy and like creating a sense of pressure to like your job and like joy. Like at CEA, we fill out a morale survey um, every week, one through mm. 10, you guys probably do something similar. Yeah. And if I put under five, I suspect some people would come to chat with me about it. And like, that is probably good. Like, that means I'm not doing well. People want to check in on me and how I'm doing. But it does mean that like, the incentives are, if you put below five, that is a five alarm fire, or, like, mm. I don't know, a three alarm fire, like, and people are going to come talk to you about it. And what if, hear me out, when I'm not doing well, I also don't want to talk to my random <laughs> colleagues about it, much as I love them. And so um, I think I haven't actually done a lot of like inflating my score, but like the impulse is so there. 
I, I told my boss, I told my manager, I just don't, I don't want to do this anymore because the, the times I've been feeling badly, <sighs> I've it. then like, it, I've gotten, it. it's gotten worse because I've then thought like, oh no, I'm like, I'm feeling really bad this week. So now I have to tell Arden yeah, that I've yeah. been having a bad week. And it's like, I don't want that extra pressure on yeah, me. Yeah. And so she was Amazing. fine just take me out. I, my manager, I told my manager, I do not, uh, I don't like being asked how I'm doing in a work context because it mm. feels like it blurs the lines like, oh, how are you doing? And I'm like, mm, this is a work question disguised as a friendly question. <laughs> I'm not interested in this. And so our, our our agreement, which I really love, is I say fine all the time. And mm. it is not always true. And she knows that. So there's like a meta honesty thing going on where oh, I'm like, nice, yeah. hey, I commit to you that if there's something going on with me that's going to affect my work, I will like come to you and talk to you about it. You like deserve to know. But if you casually ask me randomly how I am doing, that is not necessarily the moment I'm going to get into it. I'm going to say fine. Yeah. And that's yeah. like gone really well for me. Yeah, I do worry that like, I don't know, I'm just generally kind of a fairly upbeat person or something. And I worry that this creates a work environment where people like feel like they cannot come to me and be like, no, I'm feeling pretty shit. Yeah, emotional labor and transparency or not transparency yeah. remanagement. Yeah. Such a juicy topic. It's so, yeah, I don't know that I'm striking the right balance. It's very hard. Where 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 would you guess you're erring on the side of, to the extent you want to say? Um... I would guess that yeah I really have no idea I, I think that there are specific things that I do that are probably um like not being honest enough and I think there are specific things that I do that are um just giving away too much like Candidness. shit that yeah shit that people don't need to be thinking about or having in their brains or on their plates um and... oh I mean I have this I have this feeling about like Every single interaction I have with other humans. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to unpack that a little bit? No, I just feel like I never like. This is like always this like uh, borderline of like, oh yeah, they're like of being like too truthful or like not truthful enough. Yeah. Because like, there's certain things like you could say to someone that like are true, but also the fact that you've said it is then this like other thing that you're placing on them aside from just telling them the truth, right? I believe there are some things that could be true about. I feel like I this is true not, of like, most vast, things. No, like the vast majority of things you can say is going to be great. It's going to be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> I wonder if there's a target you might want to hit, which is something like. Sorry, that also induces a lot of pressure. There's like a target one might want to hit, which is like constructing sentences that have sort of hooks that like let people dive in if they want, but do not create the necessity for them to. Like, oh, I was having a little bit of a tough week earlier, but things are like on the upswing. People can just be like, great to hear, moving on. Or they can say, oh, I'm sorry you're having a tough week earlier. Do you want to talk yeah. about that? Mm. And they get to decide on their own. This is nice. Yeah, I feel like there's often like- If they have the time, if they have the energy, if they have the space. Yeah, I guess I, I suppose that probably works a lot, but I do feel like there's often like, it it's like, it sounds like you've like, like you've expected them to bring themselves in. Like you know, if you've like yeah. put that hook, it's like you're kind of like e even if they decide to decline it, I almost feel like that's then a burden I've put on them to that now like oh now they have to decide whether they want to probe more or not, and then they have to think about what signal that's sending to me if they do or not, and like that just feel I just feel like I put a burden on them. Yeah. I agree, that's a risk. I think that there's. Mm, vibes one can emit around neediness and non-neediness that like mm. sort of credibly ah. convey it's i'm fine this i'm good i don't need you to like dig into this versus i think one of the things that like sadness and visible sadness does is 
like I really like this concept of the flail. I think uh, the Center for Applied Rationality has talked about this in other contexts, but like flailing is a thing humans do when what they are screaming is like, God, someone help me. Mm. Whether they are like physically moving their arms around because they are in pain or they're screaming or in other ways kind of acting out, right? The way that people are like kids act out with their parents get divorced or whatever. Um, and I think you can do like an anti-flail. It's not easy or obvious, but there are like vibes you can send off that are like, I am a, I'm like, good. I'm on my own two feet. So I think this is a crux for me that I have no idea what vibes I send off. Ooh. Ooh. Do you want to ask people? I, I, yeah, what vibes do I send off? Bella? Yes. I, I spend the most time with Bella. Oh, I um, obviously conven- classically met. <laughs> you <laughs> of course met. Of course I met you. Send out an anonymous survey to 10 people because you're so brain worms and that's obviously what I met. But in fact, you should ask the people on the sketch. Um, the whole purpose of social anxiety is that you raise the floor. And you don't uh, you don't fall through to like like wow that was such a terrible interaction they like uh, you know they you know verbally assaulted me or like like not, made me feel worse than I ever felt. Bella's now thinking about all the horrible things I've done to her. No, you think you're anxious and, and people like yeah they might like 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 worst cases they pity you a bunch for being uh, so anxious mm. and like that's not that bad of a case. I could stand to be pitied. <laughs> Don't worry, we do. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Cry for help. <laughs> live on camera. Oh, no, it's not actually live. It's probably a good thing. Um, anyway, well, I guys, just don't believe it. I believe extremely few people on Earth want 100% honesty about themselves. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm about to try and be 100% honest, and I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Great. So I think, Cody... Um, Maybe the health flags are moving, <laughs> but go ahead. Um, I think you, um, you're you kind of, like, petty in a very fun way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, like... You, like, I can always count on you to be, like, upset about something, but in a way that makes me laugh. Um <laughs> And I think that's like the predominant thing is that it's like going to be like kind of like you hate whatever's going on, but also I'm going to enjoy how much you hate it and I'm going to enjoy complaining with you about it or whatever. Um, Yeah. So that's the main thing. The second thing is the like kooky questions thing. Um, The, yeah, vibes. What's a, what is a vibe? Cool. Just, I mean, you were you were giving a good answer. I think just like some examples of the things you do that I notice and the ways that those things make me feel. Yeah. Um, Wait, but I think that didn't answer the question that we were trying to answer, right? Which is like, does he come off as like needy? Like, does he does he come off as like um, in need of people to kind of like jump in or ask more how he's doing, or does he come off as like I'm chill, I'm good, you can ask more questions or not? I think. Sorry, I spoke for you. I don't know if you want that question answered. Yeah, I, but well, that's so the no, question. I mean, I wouldn't mind if that question answered, but I just I don't know if I'm worried that I come off needy. Yeah, oh, cool. I, I thought that's what we were kind of digging into earlier with like, can you like you were like, yeah, no, I see, I see how you got yeah, there. Yeah, but we can skip if that's not the thing you're interested in for sure. No, yeah, that's good. Either way, yeah, whatever you want to answer. I mean, just on <laughs> you, you, don't, like, you don't have to answer anymore about me if you don't. On a like empirical level, Cody moved here from New York with no friends or family or anything. <laughs> and I've often worried if you're lonely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, but like, I've like always been lonely. See, this is the kind of <laughs> shit that you say. But like, I feel like that's true of everybody. No, so that I'm work. not lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, I've never been lonely in my life, I think. Huh. I just love being what alone. Flex? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just love being by myself. No, so do I. Like but that's I, not the same as being lonely. I no, I agree. But like, then there's like some margin of it where like I like to spend a lot of time alone. But then like, 
you, it's probably not calibrated to like, oh, some of that time ends up being loneliness because it's like you overshoot a bit. But but if I didn't yeah. have enough time by myself, like there, the times no. I've lived with big groups of people, it's like I, I like really need I go nuts. Yeah. I, I go absolutely like batshit. And like this is happening a bit right now because... Okay, well, maybe this doesn't matter. Really it's, it's, it's happening a bit right now. And like, like literally, I just like, I'm at the end of my tether all the time if I like haven't well, been alone in a little So, bit. and this is kind of my point about like why, like, oh, I'm always kind of lonely, which is like, yeah. I've like deliberately chosen to like preserve a lot of my own time yeah. for myself. But like, that does involve like, sometimes I overshoot. I'm like, I spend too much time by myself. And like, it would have been better to spend a bit more time with other people. But it's like, that balance is still probably the right the, one for me. The to thing be that made me stop worrying about you being lonely is that I just did invite you to a bunch of stuff and you always turn it down. And I was like, well, you know what? Oh, whoa, it, that would have made oh, me no, worry. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> totally I was like, Cody's an adult. He knows what he's doing. He's... One of those is true for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the other one might also be true, but yeah. it's not a given. <laughs> to be clear, we did we did attend a party together quite yeah, recently. Yeah, we did, but that was like the first time in like a very long time. <laughs> Yeah. Which is great, yeah. you know. You're doing what you want to do. Great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. But we should get uh, ramen. We should get ramen. Yeah. There's some really good vegan ramen in London. Right. It's weird. It's so much better than I expected. I know. What a gift to the world. Yeah. yeah and I, I love ramen. I. Yeah. It's so good. Oh wait, this actually leads to a recent take I've had. Okay. okay. Are you guys familiar with the concept of the complement deficit? No. Probably you can get it from the description of those two words. But um, I think this is a Rob Long idea, but probably has appeared in many cases, which is the ratio of difficulty of generating earnest and honest compliments you have for other people to the amount of joy they get from it is just off the charts low, right? Mm. People just get a ton of joy from compliments. Uh, there's probably a deficit. People probably don't compliment each other enough on the market. Do people like getting compliments? <laughs> it's so concerning to me that I don't know if you're kidding, but I can tell now with the smile that you're giving me. <laughs> oh wait, no, you're not. I mean, the, I mean, there are like the, some people don't like compliments. I know that because they like get really yeah. shy and like. Oh, I hit I hit back hard when people compliment me. Yeah, but you shouldn't. Remember when Arden said I, I had a nice beard and I tried to make it a whole thing about her? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. That's bad. Was that about when you did the face thing? Never mind. <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking about. Okay, like, look, sure. Uh, I agree that um, advice does not work 100% of the time. Um, but I, yeah, in many cases... You, you, think, you think the number of compliments is probably suboptimal. That seems right to me. Anyway. Hannah. Oh, no. You are the first kind of like guest person on this podcast. Because, mm. I mean, I, I'm hoping that like Bella and Cody return because they work here. Um, you don't. I have nowhere else to be. And <laughs> I'm not even returning to this office probably ever. <gasps> ever? That's kind I mean, of... in expectation? No, I probably have come back come back to this office less than one time, right? I I expect I'll be I here more. Here? You guys are really closed door about this office. That's true, we are. But it, it could be more open door for you. You are super <laughs> not the problem <laughs> for me. All right, well, great. I think Bella knows how that sounded. I mean, I mean, I sure no problem. <laughs> Well, anyways, we're all alluding to you. Hannah might not come back. And, and, and one of the reasons that Hannah might not come back yep. is because she's moving to mm. the United States. America. That's right. Uh, which is very far away from this place where we are, London. That's right. Um, Even though well, yeah, you, you might have Americans. thought that we were in America, given the ratio of Americans to Brits. True, right now. true. Um, yes, but it was also the impetus to make this recording happen. Mm. So if oh, people wow. have listened this long, 
that is like some evidence that maybe you've enjoyed it. And I think you have Hannah to thank for that because if she mm. weren't leaving and didn't have a nice going away party where I was reminded of the fact she was leaving, might not have happened. Also, here to help. Hannah is, as far as anyone knows, except Hannah, the inventor of the term steel man, which oh is a God. very nice thing. This is false. This is some fake news that people like to spread. But I am and will take credit for popularizing the term, which is very fun. And it is. Okay. You popularized ha- it? So, yes. so, so Hannah, here, here's, yes. here's, here's my thing. right? Okay, I'm ready. The balance of evidence. Right? Oh, you're going to convince me that I'm wrong about this. <laughs> we have, we have perhaps dozens of people who've considered the question yeah. and looked for earlier examples than your post. Including me. And including you. That's right. Who have all failed to find any evidence of an earlier use of the term. That's true. We have your recollection of your recollection at the time that you wrote the post. <laughs> true. Thinking that you had gotten like it from somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that is all. Okay, hot take. It's a better story that it's like a weird Atlantean mystery of who invented steel manning than that I invented the term. Yeah, but then I get to know the inventor of steel man if you invented it. So. Oh, I see. So the utilitarian solution is for <laughs> the fact of the matter to be different than what yes. I think they are. No, no, not utilitarian. Me-centric. Right, right, right. My life story is better and funnier. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true that my recollection is that I got it from somewhere else. But it's also true that since Matt told me at my going away party that he didn't believe me, that I have questioned my own recollection more and more. I think I have been confident of for 10 years. So the gaslighting, I don't know, it works. That's the takeaway from the podcast, I guess. And I'll take that as a compliment for me, Hannah. And for any listeners out there who want to go and dig into the origins of the term steel man... I will reward you, you know, both for doing that and for listening to this. Mostly doing that with a 100-pound bounty. If you Whoa. can find an earlier mention of the term steel man, Love it. then Hannah's post on Less Wrong in... It's not on Less Wrong. It's on my blog. Oh, okay. I, wow. On her blog wow. that I clearly don't read. Well, it stopped many, many years ago, but I used to have a blog. Does it still exist? Is it still accessible? Y- yeah. It's on the web archive, it's at called least. The Merely Real. The Merely Real. WordPress.com, I think. On WordPress.com. That's where you can find Hannah's writings God, from... so much cringy shit on there. 2008 to 2014 <laughs> well, or something? You, you don't need to dig through all of that. You just need to find the one person with right. Steelman in it. That's right. It and has a lot of dead links. Find any other mentions of Steelman that are prior to that That's date. right. Yeah. That's right. Great. Oh, I love that. Yeah. M- maybe I'll look for it. 100 pounds in it for you, Bella. Yeah. it's a great idea. That was fun. And thanks, Bella and Cody, for showing up. Mm. And maybe next time, too. Wait, maybe I should commit to not looking for it until the podcast is up. Oh, true, true. Yeah. Want to make it a community thing? That'd yeah. be fun. Okay. All right. Nice. Thanks for having me. I, I might not be able to come if Belle invites me to a party. So, Oh, too much socialization. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, nobody out there over-socialize yourselves. Good night. <laughs>